Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Interrupting Craig, uh, Moo, I. Uh, Dave, Interrupting oh, Dave. I thought I was Moo. And Tori. And we started One of these with days, Good Tori. Thing. <laughs> I totally expected you guys to interrupt me and you didn't. Missed opportunity. No, you get the normal greeting. We, we respect that. We only interrupt Mike. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So we start with Good Thing. Craig, oh, be good. Shoot. <laughs> We are certainly living up to our name, Mike. Sorry. Um, all right. Look, guys, this week, uh, the good thing I'm going to go with, it's it's only good for me. Um, good for you. I've been <laughs> there's a couple of, of 90s movies. I've been on a little bit of a childhood binge, seeing what I used to like in my childhood. And you know what? I'm going to say it's a good thing, but I want to be clear. It's not a good movie, but it should be cheesy and campy enough that you can watch it. Uh, for whatever reason, I have fond memories of it. So you know what? That's just how it be. So uh, my good thing this week is a movie from the early 90s starring John Ritter of Three's Company fame called Stay Tuned. It's a movie where he and his wife get sucked into the TV. Sounds and, vaguely familiar. And uh, and uh, essentially they're they're trying to kill him TV. Like, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much in case someone is super intrigued by this recommendation and want to go watch it. Uh, it. It is cheesy. It is corny. It has the, um, forget his name, but he's the, the principal in Ferris Bueller day off. He's also one of the characters. Um, and it has the, the dad from American pie. He's also one of the characters and John Ritter. Right, uh, Eugene Levy name. is the dad from American pie. Yeah. Him. And Problem don't child. look up the principal from Ferris Bueller. He did bad things. Wait, really? Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, Forget that guy. All right. Well, there you go. So it's an early 90s movie. It did not age well because nobody watches TV anymore. It's all stream. But at the time, TV was a big. All right. It's Dave, funny. what's your good thing? Speaking of um, the way we view entertainment changing, I went to turn on my PC today and I accidentally hit the button for the DVD player on my PC. And I'm like, I do not know the last time I actually stuck a disc into my computer. <laughs> right. I might not have. What is this button? I might do? have been to install Windows. But the Windows installed disk might actually still be in there. <laughs> um, my good thing this week is the soundtrack for a game called Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. So uh, every couple years, it's an MMO, so every couple years they come out with a new expansion with all new zones and different features and things. And there's always a new full soundtrack. It comes out with each expansion of Final Fantasy XIV. I've recently gotten into the Stormblood era of the Final Fantasy XIV series, and I absolutely adore the music, and I can listen to it on my favorite music streaming platform uh, because every single expansion of Final Fantasy XIV has a separate album, and if you add up all of the music that's streamable from FF14, I think you might not listen to it in a single day, <laughs> even if you put it on at work. Um, there's, there's so much music from the game and, uh, really enjoying Stormblood. It has a lot of, uh, Eastern, like Asian influence to it and also pirates. So it's like 
it's it's a combination of kind of like aquatic themed music with traditional asian music and some more like regal type songs too like it's got a really good blend that i never really can't really compare it to any other video game music that comes to mind immediately but like just think like japanese and chinese pirates and like whatever the soundtrack to that would be would be like stormflight so betty has made it her mission to make sure she gets every soundtrack that they release for final fantasy 14 because the music is so good it just keeps getting physical copies yeah she orders the the discs well speaking of uh never putting discs into <laughs> my machines ever again yeah, we get the disc <laughs> so she immediately burns it and saves it on our server so we can listen to it but you know what still <laughs> it's nice to have but i agree music is so good it's but yeah it like, is what drew it's, us. it's always been good but when I, once i got to the stormblood era it's like it's wow it's like the best music i've heard from this game so far the the reason we got into the game is because we saw them play the Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, they specifically they pay, played answers. Um, from the from the A Realm Reborn soundtrack. Uh, actually, yeah, whatever. But um, in the live music orchestra thing that they do, the video game live type situation. Yeah, there aren't live concerts anymore, Craig. This this was pre twenty twenty. So uh, yeah, like we we heard the music. We're like this. Really good. I'm curious about this game. Oh, look, there's a free trial, and then oh, and, the, and then I recruited you. <laughs> you know they they I do still have. You, well, that's they, not what the servers say. They mm. do still have concerts. Um, a friend and I went to the Final Fantasy VII Remake Symphony Orchestra concert in Ooh. Fort Worth. Um, at the end of August, we we bought the tickets when you know everyone was like oh, the virus is going away and we've all got our vaccines. And before the news was like, nope, there's a Delta variant now. Let's cancel all the things. And at that point, I was like, we still have to go because I already spent too much on the tickets. So is it specifically the Final Fantasy VII Remake soundtrack? I'm actually, I've been curious about this. Are there, obviously there's new versions of the original songs, but there have to be new songs as well because it's yes, like a third yes, of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you don't get Forested Temple or Fort Condor. Like, ah, come on. Well, like, the seven you remake included... welcoming ceremony? Oh, man. It included a lot of, um, like, the Advent Children soundtrack kind of uh, uh, remixed into the old old stuff. and um, But also the remake had a bunch of, like, there are jukeboxes all over the world that you can find little CDs for. And um, so there were a few of those. And it, it's kind of, it's... Yeah, it's got new stuff. If you haven't played it yet, I highly recommend it. I don't have a PS4. Well, that could be a problem then. Dave's good thing done? Yeah. Okay. My good thing this week is Pokemon Shining Pearl. And also, I guess, Brilliant Diamond, because they're the same game. But I got Pearl. It's good. Um, yeah. It's, it's a remake of a good Pokemon game. And it's good. And I'm having fun with it. And it's, I have... it's Pokemon and it's good. I have an important question for you, Mike. Yeah. Who was your starter? Uh, I went grass starter, so Turtwig. Oh. So yeah. basically, all of internet is doing Piplup, and for the record, Piplup is probably my favorite starter. This was before the internet, so I called him first, and then everyone online is like, oh, we're going to play, you know, Brilliant Diamond. They mostly play Diamond rather than Pearl, um, and they are all starting with Piplup, and I'm like... I ain't ever going to see a Chimchar. All right, here's what's up. 
um, pre-Sun and Moon, the HMs were like actual battle moves that you had to teach your Pokemon, and it took up slots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which made the water starters, like, immediately better, because Surf is Sir. a really solid move, and also you need it. You have to have yep. someone on your team with that move. Yep, yep. Which meant water starters immediately better. So, I've been using water starters every single generation until they finally separated uh, HMs from doing stuff outside of battle and doing stuff in battle. So, once that change was made, and I can't believe it took them this long to do it, <laughs> then the other two, um, the other two starters become much more viable. And it also took them a really long time to put together, like, solid grass-type moves. It's always been, like, a really underpowered type. Yeah. Um, but that's also since been fixed. So, I went grass-type. And my, my now I have, with... I have a world turtle that just absolutely rules. My, my problem with grass is that it's weak to bug. And it's like, bug is the most populous type in the game. And it's Here's... like... Here's the thing with that. Bug types also have garbage stats. They they do. It's so just... They have a type advantage, annoying. but they do nothing with it. Like, it's great. I don't know. Um, I like Piplup because Steel... Well, uh, the, the, the evolu Evolve form. Steel is my favorite typing. Like, and, and my wife makes fun of me for this because if I find out there's a dual typing with Steel and something, I'm basically all over it. And I'm like, oh, you said steel, huh? Yoink. So that explains you going with diamond. Yeah. So I need a water. Yeah. I, water, steel. Amazing. All in. Oh, yeah. That's it's just I, I love I love penguins. Like I love penguins and I love the steel typing. Piplup is my starter. I mean, when I played diamond and pearl the first time, I also went Piplup because, again, water starters have that like innate inv advantage. But I had yeah. no idea. He evolved, like, when I first played the game, because Diamond was my first Pokemon, I had no idea about evolutions or anything. I just picked him because he was a penguin. And boy, was I happy. So, yeah, it's That's a funny. Good game. I picked uh, War Turtle, or I picked Squirtle because he was a turtle. Yeah. And boy, was I happy. Exactly. How about I you, Tori? What's your, what's your Pokemon journey? I have not been on a Pokemon journey since the first Pokemon game. Okay, but who was your starter? Charizard. Darn right, Charizard, because it was on the cover, and it was a big dragon. I had blue, and, and he can fly. And oh man, you got you got absolutely punished for picking Charizard as your starter by the first two gyms. His base stats <laughs> are so strong that like he can kill rock Pokemon with Scratch. Eventually, but <laughs> but still, like the typing of the first two gyms was just like you wanted a dragon, idiot. Why Why would you get good things? It's like, fine, you can punish me, but I've still got a dragon. And then, it's not even a dragon type, it's just fire and flying. Yeah, I will admit that was a thing that was confusing back then. But you know what is a dragon type? A tree. So a... back when the first Pokemon was at the height of popularity, uh, I was 15, maybe, 15, 16, and my brother, who is six years younger than me, was, you know, nine or ten, and... Uh, we, we were just like the perfect ages, like teenage girls liked them because they were cute and little boys liked them because, you know, that's that's the target demographic right there. And we that was our thing that we did together for a couple of years. Is we, we watched the show, we went to the movie, we played the games and um, 
Yeah, happy memories. So, so yeah, Pokemon, the new ones. Um, also, the these are the first mainline Pokemon games not to be made by... Um, I, I knew the name of this company beforehand, and now it's gone. Craig, Dave, either of you want to help me out here? Yeah, What? Game Freak. Game Freak. There we go. Not made <laughs> by Game Freak. Made by a different company that they sort of subcontracted out to. And it's also the first Pokemon games made in the Unity engine, which, yeah, that's a thing. And may lead to, like, modding being more viable. I don't know. I don't know yet. These are brand new games. Not much has been done with them yet. Like, the wikis haven't even been properly updated yet. So, Tori, what's your good thing? Well, Mike, I, I'm, I was surprised that your good thing this week wasn't the new Wheel of Time show. Do we need to talk about that later? I'm saving it for once all the episodes are out. Ah, uh, I see. Well, it's not my good thing either. Uh, my good thing is the new Cowboy Bebop on Netflix, which was super fun. I loved it. I loved all of it. I, It was just fun. That That's it. It's fun. Are you familiar with the original anime? Uh, yeah, I watched all of it. Okay. Back back when it came out, and I have not watched it again since then, but I have fond memories, and uh, I don't really feel like rewatching the anime, but I like the new one. Okay. I was just going to ask how they how you thought they compared, but if it's been that long between them. See, then... Yeah. No, exactly. It's been that long, and um, it's been about as long as it's been since the last time I read any Wheel of Time, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so there are a lot of details that I don't remember from the anime um but there are definitely scenes and plot lines that they have taken right from the anime because i remember them and um Aina's adorable Aina's the little corgi dog um and i just really liked it I, I liked it within the first five minutes i i was like yeah i'm gonna give this a shot when the banner came up on my netflix and um started the episode and spike comes in and then a fight starts and i was like oh my god this is good with that first fight they had me from the first fight i like it so that's my good thing all right uh so dave it me i hope you read some stuff this week yeah i read parts three through five of mistborn secret history by brandon sanderson brando sando mando by Brandon Sanderson. Give us a sign. Uh, chapter one of part three. And part three is titled Spirit. And I don't remember part one and part two having titles, but uh, I'll keep an eye out for them from now on. Part three is titled Spirit. Uh, would you like to know their names? Because they totally had them. Part one was Empire and part two was Well. Well. Yep. This part is named Spirit. Chapter one of part three. Kelsier wants some cognitive cognac. I think I meant to mispronounce that and say cognac, but oh well. Uh, Moe's ceremony. Vin is Tyreed. Is Demo the one guy or the other guy? Oh yeah, I guess Kelsier wouldn't know Gorodel. I remember who died. People to the south? Preservation knows someone who can help Kelsier. Yeah. Dox is dead, you guys, and so is Clubs. Dox blames Kelsier and cursed him with his dying breath. It's like, this was all your plan, Kelsier. I knew I should have gotten out early and trained a Contra to replace, replace me. Uh, Gorodel was the guy from the Lord Emperor's palace. But Kelsier died before Vin met Gorodel, so 
you wouldn't know about him. Demo is the cave guy. The guy from the cave fight. Yeah. He's also a world hopper named Timo, as in Captain Timo on duty. Uh, who else did he know? He knew Galadon and a girl that I didn't meet yet? Or nope. did I meet her now? Oh, wait. Was she a Lantrian? Maybe she's... Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So, preservations. Like, oh, maybe these other people can help you. Go this way. Uh, that's a Chapter 2. <laughs> okay. Good feedback, you guys. Chapter 2, Part 3. The second murder was always easier than the first. And I'm like, who is the first god that kills your murder? Is he counting Lord Ruler? Because I don't think he can take credit for that one. I mean... No, he specifically says that he forged the knight. He talks to dead Lord Ruler. It was, uh, it was part of his plan. Yeah. He was the mastermind, it counts. I guess he... Well, he tried to kill Lord Ruler by burning the 11th medal, and then he just got slapped to death. That's because he was hoping it would do something, and it did nothing. But Vin killed Lord. I I guess he's taking credit for it, though. Um, uh, I mean, he is like a megalomaniac. You'll notice, Kelsier likes to take credit for things. But yeah. The, the, got... second, the second kill being easier is a lesson that I learned from Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. I uh, learned it from a book called After the First Death by uh, Robert Cormier, I think is the author. And uh, it's about terrorists. The motto is, after the first death, there is no other. Because, in a sense, the first death. After the first death, then, well, it's it's already, you've already been murdering people, terrorists. So, that's that. No going back now. Because it's easy from here. Or something. Um, so, I finally know how to spell Chris. Welcome to the What is a Shard Deep Dive podcast. 101. The Irie won't answer Chris's question. I always knew Kelsier had a loose screw. But so. um bum. We uh that's referring to there's like a folding chair and Kelsier steals a bolt out of the folding chair. So we have the scene from the illustration at the beginning of this short story where Kelsier very smugly like this the illustrations of Kelsier do not make him look very good. Like this one and the one from Eleventh uh, Metal, they they make him look a little shady. Um, he is shady. Though. He's pretty shady. Yeah, he's a cognitive shady. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he comes up on a campfire in the cognitive realm. Uh, or I don't think he knows it's the cognitive realm yet, but. Guess who's there but Nas and Chris? So we have a, if we go back to the illustration, we have a good, like, illustration of Nas and Chris as well. See what they look like. Wait, how does he look shady? He's just strutting into camp all, all smug. Is that the His picture face. you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he's a he looks confident. Yeah, and I don't remember what he says, but it's something along the lines of, I just flew in from Baltimore, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> he's a bad comic. I thought... Wait, Sand was the back comic. Oh, I haven't read it yet. I can't. I can't pass judgment on it. I haven't read it. Um, but I mean, maybe bad isn't the word. Maybe inconsequential is there. There are extremely more... good parts in part one, and then mm-hmm. there are other parts. But again, that's, I haven't yeah, read it. That's fair. Okay, so we got Nas and Chris. Kelsier steals Chris's knife, and Chris is like, or Nas's knife, and Nas is like, "Hey, give that back!" And he gives it back, and then they sit on these folding chairs, and they got a fire somehow, and then they fold up the fire and pack it up and go. And Kelsier's like, "What's a shard?" And I'm like, "Well, we've been we've taken three years to try to start answering that question, Kelsier. Good luck 
getting it in a five-minute conversation with Nas and Chris. Although Nas and Chris are experts. I guess I should say Chris and Nas. Um, well, so for the record, Nas all we've Chris heard from Chris... Chris better, but Chris and Nas is more appropriate. All we've heard from, from Chris is um, the Ars Arcanum and the stuff in between the, the Arcanum Unbounded. Like, that's that's all we've heard from her. So she hasn't actually really had a voice until now. So... She's she's a scholar. Like we ask her, I believe I believe she was in the last book and in, in, in Bands, Bands of Morning. Yes. Um. So like we haven't gotten much screen. Yeah, but we didn't get a chance to ask her appropriate questions now. So we finally have someone who, on screen who can ask her about Cosmere stuff. Yeah, How's that she was the one answer? asking the questions to Wax. Hey, that's true. Um. So yeah, the Irie won't answer Chris's questions, but maybe they can help Kelsier. And Kelsier has Nas's knife. Nas gives him the knife at the end of their discussion. Uh, so yeah, I liked it. It was cool. Wait, like, did we uh, actually learn what a shard is? Yeah, it's a a fragment of a god, a fragment of the god, but not a sliver of no, which is, which is Lord Rulers. Well, Kelsier's not yet, but after next chapter, we'll we'll have uh, done that infinity slivering. Uh, all right. So yeah, it was cool. I liked it. We got to see Hoyd and Chris and Nas, so cool. Chapter 3 of Part 3, Back to Preservation. So this organization, it's spelled I-R-E, and three letters, I-R-E. I-R-E is pronounced I-R-E. It must be Elantrian. I would say you're very (laughs) perceptive, Dave. That is a bold assumption of you, sir. Um, in fact, we can, uh, look at the Aeon Dictionary from Elantris and see that Irie is the Aeon representing time or age. Oh, how about that? That's more research than I think either of the other three of us have done on that. I looked it up Mm -hmm. at one point, I just didn't remember what it meant. Yeah, it's too bad I didn't have to do that. Um, (laughs) Vin is a hope. Kelsier gonna rob the wild in the west or whatever. I don't know. Going to the west now instead of the south. Oh, so I guess he's got stuff to do before he sees the masked people. I don't know. Do you know? You don't know. That's the end of part three. He doesn't even know about the masked people yet. Right, but he sensed that there were people in the south. It was mentioned when uh, when he got a a taste of preservation. No, that was before that. I think maybe preservation just mentioned that there were people in the south. I guess. Oh. Well, I didn't remember that part, but sure. All right, that's it for part three. Uh, I guess we're done for the week. Let's de-dave ourselves. No, 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 no. You better have read, read more. Uh, I did read part four. Part oh, four well. is called Journey. Let's yeah, talk this, about it. This doesn't work when you open the episode with, I read parts three through five. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I was going to do it again at the end of part four. You're jumping the gun here. No, right. no. Guns aren't until era two. I beg to differ. There was a gun in, in the last chapter, in chapter two. Oh, that's Nas true. Nas has a gun. Chris has a gun. No, you are correct. Nas has a knife. Chris has a gun. Sorry. Yes. And Vin is a knife. And Kelsio uses a knife to stab Ellen. And Wax is a sword for whatever reason. And Gus is a table. <laughs> He's a super sniffer. <laughs> Gus is a table, douche. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Oh, man, that's a good episode. Uh, this is a good episode of the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, wherein we discuss part four of Mistborn Secret History. And part four is titled Journey. Uh, Before Destination? Point... We'll get there. 
Uh, four point one because Home that's Star our Runner. destination. <laughs> Part five must be destined because it comes because Journey comes before it. Um, four four point one. I just wrote Home Star Runner. I think there was gonna be a joke, but I just thought, <laughs> I thought saying Home Star Runner would be good enough. <laughs> that's it's just him running for two pages. Uh, chapter two, Longs follow. And that's a town from Kelsier's storied past. He lived in an apartment with Mare, and then Oops went on a murdering spree, and they had to move out. And he starts to contemplate, you know, the cost of revenge, because, you know, Kelsier's revenge on Lord Ruler released Ruin, and ultimately, and Ruin, you know, is like, Oops, it was worse. He's, He's endangered many, many, many other people because he wanted to get his revenge on Lord Ruler. Uh, similarly, back in this town of Longsfallow, he uh, murdered. There's like a a girl. A girl dropped someone's tea, so the a ska girl dropped someone's tea, so they killed her. So then Kelsier goes on a murder spree, kill, murders seven noblemen, uh, and then you know as a result of that, the Steel Inquisitors had to come and investigate and killed many, many more ska in the town of Longsfallow. So you know what did. What what was the cost of Kelsier's revenge, and what what was the cost to other people? You know, it wasn't a cost that he incurred himself; it's a cost that his revenge imposed on others. Uh, so he makes several stops, picks up some trinkets. Uh, oh, and there's also this like crazy dude that can sort of sense Kelsier, and he's like, "He reminds me of Gamel." That's the end of part two, chapter two of part four. The Revenge, Chapter Three. Sticks, Mom. Wow, <laughs> wow, Shalon, take notes and more journeying. Jeez, man, Shalon, Shalon is a soulcaster, and she couldn't get. It a was stick. her first time. This like, is Kelsier's first time, even knowing what a cognitive realm is. It extremely but... wasn't her first time, Craig. Okay, no, no, no. It's her first <laughs> time. Remember when she like, killed it? her dad with the shard blade? Do you remember when she turned just... a boat to water like 10 minutes earlier? Hold on, let me explain. <laughs> it was the first time she was actively trying to do it without really thinking it. Like, she was actually thinking about it. She got in her own way. Kelsier's able to do it because he has confidence. Or he's in the cognitive realm at the time. It's just easier there. Maybe. I don't know. But I like the confidence angle. Like, Kelsier is like, oh, yeah, he's much more persuasive. He's he's the bard. He's got the charisma stat. He has the zinc tongue. He, he has zinc tongue. So, yeah, we meet Stick's mom. And Kelsier learns how to soul cast or whatever. <laughs> uh, we get more of this in Chapter 4, so I guess we'll just uh, brush through this because there's just more journeying. And the final chapter of Part 4, Kelsier is... Kelsier, the survivor of death. So he's giving himself a new title now. He added on to he was only the survivor before, but now he's the survivor of death. Like well, before he was the survivor of the pits of Hatsen. So he's just in general Hatsen. a survivor of all the atrocities that were done against him. But now he's also survived death. It's appropriate. Yeah, but there's nobody here to like bestow that title on him or like agree to it. He's just like. It's my title now. I'm the survivor of death. What I said about (laughs) chapter three, he's just that confident. He's just that arrogant. Yeah, sure. Um, Potato, tomato. So he's got this backpack with all this stuff in it that he's collected. Uh, 
And I like the idea that he's collecting the souls of these objects. So it helps for them to have a strong connection, like that they used to be treasured or used by people so that they have a stronger connection. But um, they can't currently be in use. So it's kind of like, you know, the logs on the fireplace were, you know, miss being a fire, right? And so he 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 brings them along and he gives the logs what they want. But if someone were to actually come by and collect the logs, then, you know, the the soul of the logs would return to it and he wouldn't have it anymore because they wouldn't they wouldn't need to make pretend anymore in the cognitive realm. And uh, so he co collects a few different objects. And apparently on schedule, every item curls up into a ball of mist, kind of like how in Animal Crossing, every item turns into a leaf. <laughs> we're not using it. Yep. Exactly the same. <laughs> Animal Crossing Whoa. takes place in the cognitive realm, confirmed. Yeah, I just had that thought, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Where everything uh, is a but there's a ghost in Animal Crossing that cleans your weeds for you. And not Kelsey a is a ghost. There not you go. Not a ghost. It's a cognitive shadow. Get the terminology <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Homestar Ruiner. Ruin kind of right, though. Yeah, Ruin's kind of a victim. <laughs> like... Yeah, he's destructive, but at the same time, he has a necessary role in the process of life and creation and growth. And preservation yep. just kind of locks him up for making a, a reasonable agreement. <laughs> well, back when we read the original trilogy, I talked about the Lego analogy. I don't remember if you were here for it or no, if I, I did it during that. spoiler time. It's but like, like, I'll borrow your Legos and I'll let yeah, you break no, them the down. No, the two of them are like, building. we're going to build an awesome Lego city but then we get to tear it apart later and make a rocket ship. Okay? Okay. And we all agreed and everything was fine. But then Preservation decided he wanted to glue the city together instead of reusing the Legos. And Ruin is just waiting to make his rocket ship. He's the victim. He's ultimately just, the victim. So he, uh, Ruin, Ruin's got the piece de resistance and Preservation has the craggle. So I mean, hang on. Spoiler for the Lego movie, geez. Wow. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, I was just making up words. Are you suggesting now that had Ruin and Preservation both stuck to the agreement, Ruin would have gotten to destroy the planet, and then they would have just made another one later and done it again? I don't see why not. We haven't been told that that was the idea, but it, you know, it seems like a good idea. That does seem like a good idea. There's no reason for them not to, like, agree to work together again. Yeah. Assuming that they both followed the agreement, which preservation Yeah, it's didn't. like, hey, let's try this out and see how we do, and then we can do a better job next time with everything we learned. But no, preservation had to renege on the deal. It's so What's weird so great about people of... anyway? Jeez. It's like, Ruin is kind of going to destroy everything that a lot of people hold dear, but, like... He's not evil. That's the thing. Ruin is chaotic. Ruin is not evil. Correct. It's like, just that when you want to survive and live, he's against what you stand for, but he's also, he's a force of nature. He's the inevitability of, of the, the universe itself. It, well, like, the concept of Ruin is not evil. Like, nobody who keeps he's a probably garden... probably a jerk. <laughs> yeah, nobody who keeps the garden no. can think of Ruin as evil. Like, so much of the garden thrives on decay. Like, using last year's stuff to make next year's mulch and... Using um... the cow's dinner to make his <laughs> next dinner. Uh, yeah, something like that. So, um, 
but we have to separate the uh, the concept of ruin from the shard holder that is ruin. But that that's the thing. I think we heard in Words of Radiance in Hoyt's letter that specifically AT isn't a jerk. Like he he's one of the he was one of the good ones that sort of got warped by the intent the ruin intention. He got um, warped by it, or he got ruined by it. <laughs> you got me, Tori. You got me, Tori. Yeah, I don't think uh, AT is a jerk. And like you said, Ruben itself isn't a bad thing. It's just he's trying to destroy the world. And well, we like the world. We like the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only there was someone who can pick up both preservation and Ruben. That's crazy talk. Get out of here. All right. See you guys later. Bye, Craig. Craig's gone. Play the thing. All right. <laughs> spoiler, Dave. Dude, what spoiler? <laughs> what are you talking right. about? Uh,. That's the end of part four. I think we'll leave it off. Uh, part we did two parts. Part three, part four. We'll call it for the week. Yeah, it no. still doesn't work when you <laughs> intro yourself as reading parts three through five. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, you can edit that part out. I'm not gonna. Part five. Destiny Nation. All right. Uh, five point one. Getting there. He's still on the journey. Like this is just. I don't know why this is in part five. It's just Kelsier still being on the journey. He's running across an ocean type thing or something. I don't know. Nothing happens. Part five, chapter two. Green plant. A guard suspects there is a threnodite here. Mostly human woman with silvery dark skin is the leader. The guard's name is spelled M-A-O-D. Get Craig to pronounce that. Why would you do this, Tim? Uh... So isn't it mayoed? There you go. We all yeah. know it's pronounced mayoed. We figured out that there are Elantrin. Elantrin is easy to pronounce when you know how it works. Like that is one I won't have it. I still refuse to call her Serene, but I understand why it's Serene. No, it's Serene. No, it's uh, Serene. Eni is the Aeon? Yeah. Uh uh King Dad calls her that, I think. Oh, like from Sailor Moon, the American dub. You ever notice that um, in Japanese, there's Usagi, that's Sailor Moon, and then Sailor Chibi Moon, her name's Chibi Usa. So it's like, or Chibi Usagi, right? So it's like a cute and like short version of Usagi, right? So in the American version, there's Serena and Rini, which would be like a cutie nickname for Serena, Rini. It took me like 10 years to figure that out. Maybe longer. Anyway, a turkey sandwich should be mayoed. So let's talk about him. What's 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 up with this mayoed guy? Oh, he's just some guard that spotted Kelsier. And they thought that he was a cognitive shadow from Threnody, you know, which is the which is the silence planet. Shadows herself in the silence of hell. And they're only um, half wrong. He is a cognitive shadow. Well, I don't know. Why do they think he's from Trinity? I don't know. They don't explain it. Because uh, it's really hard for cognitive shadows to be from somewhere else. Like, mm -hmm. Kelsier went to a, some pretty extreme lengths to become a cognitive shadow. And then leave his planet. I'm not sure where they are right now. If they're, are they like somewhere between Cell and Skadriel? Or are they still on Skadriel? And like the Elantrians have built an outpost here. They're in the cognitive realm. Or the Elantrians. Yeah, they, they're also in the cognitive realm. Why can't they see Kelsier? Or can they? Because he's, he's just sneaky. hiding. Ah. 
That makes sense. Well, that explains my uh, my question later. How come Kelsier can hear everything that Irie are saying? I guess they are actually in the cognitive realm. That makes sense. But why is the grass green here? Are they just like far enough from the ash mounts that the grass is green? It's because on the other the side. Because the Elantrians think that it should be green. They brought the grass with them? The grass is greener because it's on the other side. Uh, uh... Where the ash mounts aren't. So wouldn't the grass be on fire on the other side on Scatriel? I guess they've got grass in Australia. Uh, right. Oh, man. I'm lost. Oh, so the leader lady, her name is Elonui. And I I checked every combination of two vowels and a consonant in her name and could not find a corresponding aeon. But maybe we don't have an exhaustive list of aeons. Uh, just a side note, the audiobook pronounces it Elonui. Alo Noe. So the you would think the Noe would be the Aeon then. Unless, or maybe Ono. Like Yoko Ono. Uh anyway, she's there. There's another guy, El Rayo, and we'll recognize our favorite Aeon from Elantris Rayo, which means spirit. I didn't even have to look that one up. Uh book. Aeon Connector. So this is so uh back uh, preservation said that Kelsier would not be able to hold his power because he wasn't connected enough. So, you know, of course, uh, Aeon Door, they can do whatever they want with it, including make a thing that boosts their connection so that they can take hold of a shard from another planet. Why not? It's it's Aeon Door. It can do whatever you want. It's the do-it-yourself <laughs> investiture usage. It can do whatever you want, but if you mess up, you uh, plunge your world into 10 years of darkness. No, 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 no. They didn't mess up. Someone decided to put a giant chasm <laughs> where one didn't belong. Come wait a on, second. Is, was it? Wait, wait was is this? <laughs> Are you wondering this, uh, about the timelines now? No, I'm wondering if this was the Stormlight Planet because there's a big chasm here. No, no, was that's there many a void chasms. Bringer on Elantris. Elantris is one chasm. Roshar has many chasms. Yeah, but where do you think? Elantris got the idea. It's got the... Hey, where'd that come from? Let's put one on our planet, too. <laughs> um, That's right. They just kind of, like, uh, did horrible things to that lady, that dude's wife. And they messed up. Uh, Yeah. So they hope that by being present when preservation, when uh, Laris dies, that they can take, the, take hold of the preservation shard and aid their cause with it which is i don't know what their cause is they're old that's the name of they're all old that's why they named their organization Irie, because it means old it means timeless it means time it means timeful uh it means chapter two's over so he finds the aeon he finds well he finds a book with uh information about the aeon connector and uh i think this is also where like he envisions the Irie rune uh and we we learn something that we that's where we learn that it uh that it means time or age I forget which of the two it says but whatever uh hey it's it's sellish stuff uh which is cool yeah i always like seeing i always love seeing when elantra stuff pops up in other books so he needs to find the aeon connector moving on to the final chapter of the final part of this week's reading Confusing knife coated with zinc. Kelsier was far too arrogant to worry about his pride. Kelsier is acting like he's working for ruin. Yeah, acting like. 
What is it with Mistborn heroes and cutting horses? Con or Befun? So this is a chapter about Kelsier following Alanoe and and her gang and, uh, you know, sowing seeds of fear in them by whispering through the ground, uh, making them think that Ruin is messing with them. And then he cuts a horse with Naz's knife. And then he gets the group separated and manages to uh, manages to steal the orb. Okay, the it's a spectre orb. horse. Orb. Orb. I thought the same thing. Uh, Shout out to Super Mario RPG. It's a Super Mario RPG speedrunning me. I'm sorry, Super Mario World. Why did I say RPG? Super Mario World speedrunning me. Well, now it's a Super Mario anything me because. Genie now it's Q. like anything that's vaguely circular. I mean, yep. but um, it originated from Super Mario World, the where you collect the orb at the bottom. Isn't of it the just ghost like ship. one stage where the orb is the ending? Yeah, it's the ghost ship where you pick up the orb to uh, open up Bowser's lair, Bowser's zone. So uh, random. So yeah. Um. So the confusing knife coated with zinc part. That was like you know he's he's like there are three ways to steal something. You can stick a knife to someone's throat and threaten them. You can sneak into in in the night and steal it when they're unaware, or you can con them right out of it with a zinc tongue, and that's Kelsier's preferred method. Of, and that's what we see in this chapter. Any questions about this chapter? I mean, there's a reason that the first Mistborn book was like Ocean's Eleven in the fantasy theme. Well, yeah, because Kelsier's like a professional thief. Uh, he he's Danny Ocean, like exactly. Danny Elfschman. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of like. As I'm reading about Kelsier in Secret History, it just reminds me that Uncle Suit was very much correct about Kelsier and how Wax would view him if they were contemporaries. Yep. Wax is lawful good. Kelsier is chaotic good. Yeah. Eh, maybe chaotic he's, neutral. He, he's kind of like a neutral. Le- I think he's like good leaning. I think he's like a neutral leaning good. I would put him in good. Kelsier right. is good aligned if Dexter is good aligned. So probably not. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Part six of Mistborn Secret History. Uh, we'll be on the docket for next week. Oh, nice try, Dave. That's yeah, it doesn't work as well when you start out by saying you read parts three through five. Oh, man. I thought it would work if I did it the other way. Comedy rule of three. Through five. Good night, everybody. Wait. Are we actually just ending? Unless you feel a need for a spoiler time. Do I want to do another one again? I don't nah, think I want to. I guess to. I don't need to. Okay. Then, yeah. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. I already Bye. said good night. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.